First Samuel chapter 17. I'm going I'm to teach from the story this morning uh, that I've talked from before, talking about the story of David and Goliath. Many of you are familiar with the passage or with the text, the story. We're going to read it here in a second. I'm fascinated with the life of David. I think that uh, of all characters in the Bible, for me personally, it's one that uh, is most intriguing because we get to learn so much about David's life that we don't really know about a whole lot of other Bible characters. We see him at his very, very best. We see him at his absolute worst, but we don't just see him at his best and hear about him at his worst. We get an eye into uh, things that he goes through in his soul. The moments that I think that we've all had where we think to ourselves, dear God, is this Christianity stuff even real? God, are you out there? Because the things that I'm believing for, I have some discrepancies in the situations that I'm facing. You read in the book of Psalms where he's just crying out to God, you've left me, you've forgotten about me. And then the very next, uh, very next page will turn and he'll, soul, spirit, put your faith, put your trust in God. You see kind of this up and down. And I don't know about you, but I can relate to that being human. I can relate to the ups and downs of spirituality and trusting God and trying to reconcile what I see through what I believe and all of these kinds of things. If you look back on the life of David, uh, it didn't start out as a victorious life. He started out as a shepherd boy watching his father. She, many people thought that he was just overlooked. As a young kid, he's actually anointed as king, but he doesn't become king for decades, decades to come. And he ends up one day taking his brother's lunch because his dad has asked him to. And as he's taking his brother's lunch, he stumbles into the situation known as the story of David and Goliath. There is this giant that has been harassing God's people. And this is where we're going to pick up uh, the text today. I want to read it. It'll take a little bit of time to get through, but I, I believe it can be powerful for us today. So 1 Samuel chapter 17, I'm reading out of the, uh, the NIV this morning. Verse 25. It says this, Now the Israelites had been saying, Do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. So he's going to give him the goods and he's going to give him the girl. Verse 26, David asked the men standing near him, wait, tell me again, what will be done for the man who kills this giant and removes the dis this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been told, what they had told him, what, what will be done for the man who kills him. So David's oldest brother, when he hears David speaking with the men, asking the question, what, did, what does the guy get who, who kills, the, kills the giant? It says that David's oldest brother burns with anger at him and asks, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave the few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. David responds like, dude, what, what, what have I done? Can't I even speak? Verse 30 says he's then turned away to someone else and brings up the same matter. What, what does the guy get who gets, kills, this, kills this, uh, this Philistine? The man, men answered him as before. When David, what David said was overheard then and reported to Saul, and so Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine, because your servant, I, David, will go and fight him. So Saul replied, you're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he's been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, and I struck it, and I killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be just like one of them, because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul says to David, go, let the Lord be with you. And Saul dresses David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head, gives David Saul's, Saul's armor. David fastened on his sword and over the tunic and he tried walking around because he was not used to them. Then he says to Saul, I can't go in these, Saul, because I'm, I'm not used to them. So he takes them off. Then he takes his staff in his hand and chooses five smooth stones from the stream. He puts them in the pouch of a shepherd's bag. And with a sling in his hand, he approaches the Philistine. The Bible says, meanwhile, the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and he saw that he was just a little more than a boy glowing with health and handsome. And he despised him because he's good looking and young. And he says to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with the sword and the spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, the God of armies, God of armies over Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. I'll strike you down and I'll cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. 
Verse 47 says, All those gathered will, here will know that it is not by the sword of the Spirit the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him, reaching into his back, taking out a stone. He slung, he slung it and he struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. He kills the, he kills the giant. He goes chops off his head with a sword. Pretty crazy story. I, I, I can remember in my life, I don't know if you have moments like this, a lot of people say things like, um, I don't have any regrets in life, right? Because it's all of the things that I've gone through that have gotten me to this position. I think, though, if we were really, really honest and could be vulnerable with each other, if we could get a do-over, you ever thought, like, man, if I could just get a do-over at life, I would make a whole lot of different decisions. And I think it's easy for us to say that, no, I've, you know, I have no regrets. But I think, you know, there are some things that if we could get a do-over to go back to grade school or go back to being a young adult or go back to raising our kids for some of us, we would do things maybe a little bit differently. I I have regrets. I have things that I wish that I would have done differently. There's a story that I tell because I vowed to myself that I would tell it as frequently as I could as long as the shoe kind of fits, so to speak. And I want to tell it this morning because it's one of my life's greatest regrets. I remember being in high school and I had a friend uh, that I had gone with to school since grade school, a buddy of mine named Robbie. And uh, when we were young, we used to hang out together all the time as kids would do. We'd play basketball together during recess. We'd kind of just do different sports and things like that, just have a good time. And as we got into high school, as it kind of happens, we drifted, weren't as close, but we did have one class together. And I remember one day in particular, uh, we, were, we were in this class and the bell rang. School was over. It was a Friday. We we're kind of going into the weekend. And it was one of those moments, I don't know if you've experienced it, where, where you just know that God is trying to get your attention. Well, you can't really explain it. You weren't really looking for it. This isn't one of those moments where like, is this me or is this God? It's like out of nowhere just comes and over, over, almost like over, uh, overtakes your thoughts, overtakes your mind. You're like, God really is wanting me to do something. And for me, I felt this. And I felt specifically like God wanted me to go and tell my friend about Jesus. Specifically. If you know anything about me, I'm generally not this guy. I believe the best way to share your faith most of the time is to show your faith. The Bible says that people will know that we are Christians by the love that we have for one another. But there are these moments where God has this way of sneaking up on you and you, you just kind of know that you know that you know you need to make a move. This is one of those days for me. I, I felt it in the pit of my stomach. You need to tell this guy what you know about Jesus. So I think to myself, okay, I'm going to do it. And, and the bell rings and I, I can remember, I can still see it in my mind's eye, just see the picture of his Jansport backpack in front of me. And I remember running out ahead of him and trying to have conversations say, Hey man, what's up? And he said, Hey Nick, how you doing? And I said, not much, man. Just have, have, have a good weekend. He said, you have a good weekend too. And I remember, remember thinking I, I didn't do it. And I remember feeling crushed on the inside. You ever had a moment where you knew you should have done something and then you didn't and you had to deal with the, like, the guilt, the, the feeling, the overwhelming nature of, man, I wish I would have made a move. I went home that night and I was just plagued by my own thoughts with God thinking, man, how, why was that so hard for me? And I remember bowing to God, man, when Monday rolls around, I'm going to make sure I do what I felt that God was leading me to do. I'm going to step out. And God, I'm sorry. I never had one of those moments. And so I get back to school on, on, on Monday morning. And uh, Robbie's not in class Monday. Robbie's not in class Tuesday. Wednesday, the teacher gets up before the class. And she tells everybody, she says, hey, you know, many of you know Robbie who was in, in this class. And many of us were like, yeah. She said, well, he passed away over the weekend in his sleep. Nobody really knows what happens. His, his heart just seemed to stop. I remember being so crushed. And thinking, wow, wow, Nick, you, you really, really blew this one. And I had to like work and reconcile my heart to know that God's good and God can work beyond my mistakes and has ways of connecting with people that, that I cannot. But I had to kind of deal with this internal wrestling match of asking myself, why was it, su- why was it such a big deal that you couldn't step up to the plate and do what you felt like you should do? Why is this a challenge for me? I, I call myself a Christian. Like, I tell people that Jesus is the hope of the world. That, man, you need Jesus to secure your eternity in in heaven, but not just that, so your life can get... This message that I have in my heart with conviction that I've been taught from a child, why is that so hard for me to step up to the plate and, and say, hey, can I tell you about the man who has changed my life? Can I tell you about the man who has the ability to transcend society and what you're feeling and what you, can I tell you about some, I don't know what you, why was that so hard for me to tell? And if I'm honest with you, I think it's something that we all deal with so much of our life. The bottom line is I was afraid. Fear. Fear, fear of what? Fear of how he may respond to me? Fear of, fear of my reputation? 
What if I step out and he rejects me? What if, he's, what if I step out and I tell him, he says, that's the stupidest thing that I ever heard. What if I take a risk and my reputation is damaged? I think many of us in our life, many of us in society, many of us just in American civilization, we live our lives this way. Afraid of being our authentic, true self. Afraid of stepping up to the plate and expressing the things that we know that we know that we know. That are in the recesses of our heart, the, the deep innermost place. I, I know what I believe, but if I'm honest, it's hard for me sometimes to express it. It's hard for me to be authentic. It's hard for me to just be at rest with being me because I'm terrified. And you know what I'm terrified of? I'm, I'm terrified that if I show who I really am. I'm not terrified that you just won't accept me. It's way worse than that. I'm terrified that if I just be myself, you might reject me. You might turn your back on me. And so what most of us do is we settle for lives that we do not want on the altar of making everyone around us feel comfortable. Because I'm afraid. Because I think the one thing that every single person in this room today desires, those of you that are watching on YouTube, don't we all want this ability to just be me and it be okay? Don't we all really want this, this thing where if I... Wouldn't it be awesome to never care what somebody thought? Wouldn't it be awesome to just be able to be me? Wouldn't it be awesome to not be looking over my shoulder thinking, are they looking at me because they're thinking I'm stupid or I'm not important or I'm silly or that I grew up on the wrong side of the tracks? Wouldn't it be awesome for us to just be me? Not only would it be awesome, I'm here to tell you today that it is the reason that you were made. Can you stop and just think about the fact of how unique you are? The fact that no person in this room, the fact that no person on the face of the planet, if you were to take your fingerprint and put it under a microscope, there is not a person on the face of the earth that would be the same as you. Like, can you think about how intricately and how intentionally God designed you? And so much of our life, we, we just, we think to ourselves, even though I've made so unique, we, we settle for a life that just blends in. I'm here to tell you today that you hold a piece of the puzzle that this world needs. God is working on a bigger picture and he didn't put you here by accident. God needs you to be you. You hold a piece of, of change. You know, you hold a piece of improvement. You hold a piece of God that this world needs. And if we don't in our life and in our world find somehow, some way to be content just being me and being okay with, hey, he put me here and the way that I'm geared and the things that I like and the way that, that, I, that I view things, that it's intentional and it's not on accident. Man, if I don't ever find a way just to be me, I'm going to miss out on the life that God has for me. What, what am I talking about? Being To be authentic is learning to be okay with the things that make you tick. Taking notes, write that down. What am I talking Being authentic. Being able to, I'm just okay being me. I, don't, I really, and not like we all say, oh, I don't care what people think, right? But I'm talking about where, I, where the decisions that I make when I'm trusting God and I'm moving my family forward, when I'm starting a business that nobody else approves of, this ability to just be me. To be authentic is learning to be okay, content to celebrate the things in my life that make me tick, regardless if they make the people around me tick. Here's the thing about authenticity. Most people in life are striving to be a somebody, but it is authenticity and authenticity alone that creates opportunity. What you, you don't, you don't cling to people and celebrate people that are just copies of people that you like. <laughs> Think about your favorite celebrity or fashion designer. You don't say, I, oh, I like that person because they're just like so-and-so. No, why do, why do you like them? Because they're authentic. It, it is by the authenticity is what will always create long-term opportunity for you in your life. You may able, be able to chase something. You may be able to stack your chips and hustle people, but that's never going to last. Why? Because at some point the trends are going to change and you're just going to become a copy of what somebody else is doing. When God didn't put you on the face of the planet to be a copy of anybody else, he puts you on the face of the planet to be you. Everything in life, everything in life leads to this. The way that you're created leads to the fact that you're put here to be, to be you. 
when we look at the life of David, David, if there's one thing that I look at the, the expanse of David's life and can say about David is David knew how to be authentic, knew how to, ju- knew how to just be him. You know what David found out at a young age? This is what he found out. When I'm me, God will always find me. When I can rest in the fact that God has made me on purpose for a purpose, he has crafted me in many ways that that he intentionally chose to do so. When I buy into the fact that when I'm me, God will always find me. Could you imagine what it was like to be the boy that most people in our society would think everybody else forgot about? The youngest of many brothers. And Samuel comes to anoint the king. And when he comes, he he looks and it's none of the people that that Jesse, his father, brings before him. He, he, He wants David who's doing what? Just being authentic, tending his father's sheep. I don't want anything to do with that stuff. I'm just cool out being with the sheep. What David found out at a very early age is when I learn to be me, God will find me. I'm here to tell somebody today, if you could ever learn just to square your shoulders and not care about the things around you. I think many of us in our world, we wonder why we're dying and and full of anxiety and, and burdened and trying to medicate with different things, whether it be relationships or narcotics or just different things in our world system. Man, if we could ever, why? Because I think we're prisoner to this idea. We're prisoner to the system that tells us we're not allowed to be ourselves. Because here's the bottom line. You have enemies to your authenticity. You have enemies in your life that are trying to keep you from being content with the things that make you tick. And the first one, I just said it out of my mouth. It's the system. It's the system. If there's anything that David has had to deal with in his life time and time again, it is the system. It is the system that tells you what pretty is. It is the system that tells you what ugly is. It is the system that tells you what popular is. It is the system that tells you what success is and what a lack of success is. Isn't it crazy how much this stuff changes? When you buy into the system, you will never be free to be you because there's always a standard that is created outside of you that you can never seem to attain to. Isn't it funny that to be a model, like when I was growing up to be a model, you needed all your teeth to touch. Like you need to be like, you need to be able to smile and just all your teeth touch. I walked into the mall the other day and there was a gappy girl just right there on, on a poster. And it's like, this is what, and this is what, this is what pretty is now. Why? Because it's, it's dictated. I need you to see today that it's dictated by a system. It's not dictated by God. I'm here to tell you whether you have gappy teeth or all your teeth touch, you've been created by God on purpose for a purpose in this earth. There is something bigger than the system. Could you imagine what it would have been to be like, David, I'm taking my brother's lunch and all these guys, they're the real men out here all going to battle. And here I am just taking my brother's lunch. But no, David didn't care because he knew who he was. He knew why he was here. He knew the person that he was put on the face of the planet to be, that I'm just going to be me. Why? Because when I'm me, God will find me. I don't have to strive for position. I don't have to try to make the business work. I don't got to learn all of the processes for what I got to do to make things click. No, when I am me, when I dig deep within the recesses of my heart and figure out why I was here and try to be just okay with the way that I'm geared and the way that I see things and the things that make me tick, if I can just be me, then God can find me. The system. The system will tell you things like you can't go up against that giant. He's been trained as a warrior since his youth. You're not qualified. You don't have the education. You're too old. You're way too young. There's no, what am I talking about? The system. What is the problem that you're up against today? Ask yourself this question. Does the system have anything to do with it? Where did you learn that you're behind? Where did you learn that you're too old? Where did you learn that you're not pretty enough or not smart enough? Where did you learn that you're never going to have enough money? I'm here to tell you today that if you could ever learn to be yourself, that God would find you. And it doesn't matter how far you are hidden from humanity. God would find you. God would find you. The, the system will cause you to believe that other people are more important than you. Isn't it? This is how indoctrinated we are by the system. Let me show you. When we read the story about David and his brothers, we immediately think that David was forgotten. We immediately think that David was the least important. When I believe that actually David was just the most authentic. Why why do we just naturally assume that his father overlooked him? You're making some lofty assumptions about Jesse at that point. How can we don't assume that he was just a really good father and he celebrated the authenticity of his sons and he knew that David didn't want to be with royalty and he just wanted to be out with the sheep so he celebrated that in his kid. This is how indoctrinated we are by the system that we think that his brothers were more important than him and it caused him to be overlooked by society. 
What if God was really protecting him? What if God was really celebrating him? What if his father was actually, you go be off of the sheep because that's you. That is so you. You don't need, you just be you. And do David learn, if I'm me, God will find me. Society, one of the biggest enemies, the things that will try to keep you in fear of being yourself is the system. And if you can't get you with the system, here's what he's going to get you with. If you're taking notes, write this down. He's going to get you with silly things. If he can't get you with the system, he's going to get you with silly things. David comes walking around asking everybody, hey, what, is, what does the guy get who kills the giant? This is how anti just the, the, the system David is. His greatest opportunity to step up to the plate and be a hero. Hey, don't worry about it. I'm going to be a hero. I'm going to kill the giant. He doesn't even make, he's not even interested in the giant. He just says, what do you, what do, he's about the goods and the girl. What do they get? They get the goods and the girl, David. Oh, tell me again. What, is, what do they get? They get the goods and the girl. So much so that his brother says, David, would you, sh- would you shut up? Quit, quit asking about what, what, what am I talking about? If, if he can't get you with the society, he'll get you with silly things. People will start getting mad at you for no reason. You know what this feels like. If I was David in this situation, what do I get? The goods and the girls. David, shut Oh, sorry. Did I say something wrong? Did I look something wrong? Did I laugh? Did I laugh too loud? Have you ever been in this position where we just start caring too much about what the people around us think? You know what the greatest silly thing is in our life? The fact that we care what other people around us think. Can you think about the fact that one out of 400 trillion people, that's the chances of you showing up on the face of this planet. Your life, the fact that you woke up this morning with breath in your lungs, it is an absolute gift. How crazy is it that you spend most of your life thinking about what somebody else around you thinks when you, my friend, have won the lottery. The fact that you have breath in your lungs and blood in your veins and a heart that's beating in your chest. Man, if there is a reason to say that, hey, I'm supposed to be here. I I need to square my one out of 400 trillion. What am I doing looking over my shoulder thinking what so-and-so thinks about the business that I'm starting or the way that I'm leading my family or the church that I go to? Silly things. They'll try to get you with silly things. What, 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 What people think to try and shame you for just being human. Is there anything wrong with liking the goods and the girls? Here's the thing about silly things. The silly things often seem spiritual. (laughs) And if you know anything about being around church for any length of time, we're really good at this. We're really good at certifying our lack of authenticity with spirituality. (laughs) We're really good at saying, well, I believe that God, rather than step out and take a risk, we'll say things like, oh, I'm just waiting on God. Right? And there's a time to wait on God. But I hope that you're not just sleeping with your spiritual security blanket. Huh? Huh? Finding comfort in, well, I don't want to step out. So maybe God, God said, just wait, just wait on me. Right? Sometimes when you don't get an answer from God, God, what do you want me to do? The very first thing that God gave to humanity was the power to choose. Sometimes God works, you move, then I move. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Sometimes for God to direct your steps, you better start planning your way. Sometimes these things, man, the silly things. And you know, you know when you have given up your authenticity, when you become like David's older brother. What am I talking about? You ever found yourself mad at people for no reason? I just don't like them and I don't know why. <laughs> just, just, it says he burned, he burned with anger. Oh, for what? I think we burn with anger when we look at other people that are living the lives that we wish we could live. I wish I could be as free as you. I wish I could express myself with the same authenticity and the lack of care and concern that you do. I'm here to tell you that you can't. You just have to be willing to set aside the system, to set aside the silly things. How, how do I know I'm becoming like the older brother? You begin to question everyone's intentions. He says, why are you here? You ever find yourself just, quite, ever, just suspicious about everybody? You know why you question the intentions of other people? Because the reality is you probably question your own intentions. You know the reason you're at the table is not for the reason everybody thinks you're at the table. (laughs) Right? Why why are you here? You don't just question everybody everybody else's intention. You begin to belittle the things that everybody else is doing. He says, what did you do with those few sheep that you watch? The times in life when you look around at things that are successful and you start to belittle it. Yeah, but they don't have. Yeah, but what, what, what we can do, they can't. Yeah, but nobody really knows what they've done. You know, like people, people really knew that they wouldn't be a, See what I'm saying? There's something in you that craves authenticity. Don't settle for a life that is less than over silly things. So if he can't get you with the system, 
can't get you with the silly things. It's going to get you. It's going to bait you. It's going to tempt you. It's going to cause you to stay in fear where you can't be just me. It's going to bait you with this. Take notes. Write this down. Security. Security. David, if you're, if you're going to go to battle, at least wear my armor. If, if, if you're going to go to war, if you're going to stand for something, if you're determined to be you, at, le- at least wear my armor. What am I talking about? I think one of the greatest things that keeps us from truly being ourselves is the security that we find in not being ourselves. The security that we find in just blending in. Blending into the crowd. Blending into our families. B- blending into our city. Blending into the, the place where I work. Just, just learning just that I, things are comfortable and I'm, and, I, and I'm good. So I settle, again, I settle for a life that I have because it promises me security, safety. Saul doesn't want David to wear his armor because he's trying to kill him. He wants him to wear it, wear it because he's trying to protect him. Most people in your life will give this type of advice to you. If you're going to go, at least do this. You have to be determined in your life. that you're, If you're going to be authentic, you've got to be fully authentic. Saul is just wanting David not to die when he goes to battle. And this is what most humans do. We're just trying to get through life. Just trying to, just trying to make it through and not die. But we didn't, weren't put on the face of the planet just to not die. We're put on the face of the planet to thrive. To have incredible marriages, incredible families, incredible kids, incredible businesses. Man, don't settle for a life of just security because it's comfortable. No, go to win the battle. If you're going to take on giants, don't just try to get through a battle with the giant and make it through to the others. Did you defeat it? No, but I made it. No, don't live your life like this. Conquer mountain to mountain. Glory to glory, as the Bible, the Bible says, that you were put on the face of the planet not just to survive storms. You, you know that you're... You, here's, how, here's some signs. Signs that you're, that you're settling for security. You bypass responsibility. In other words, rather than make decisions for yourself, you find comfort in other people making decisions for you. I, I remember growing up, and, and I, I did this for the longest time because I was so, it was hard for me to be me, and I think that, I think because I, I never felt like I fit, fit in fully with, with anybody. I don't know if anybody can really uh, relate with this, but I felt like there were certain social groups, like that's a part of me, but not fully me, and then this is a part of me, but not fully me, and this is a part of me, but not really fully me. So I felt like I could never just fully be content with being me. And so what I would have the tendency to do is to bypass, when it came to life decisions, why don't somebody else just decide for me? And I would, I would just care, so, what do you think that I should do? I would do this with my parents. It was the hardest thing in my life to get to a place where I could actually make decisions for myself. You'll find in your life when you're settling for security, it's hard for you to make decisions. Why? Because, because you're, wor- you're worried. What if I step out and I fail? What if I step out and people don't like it? What if I step out and things don't go according, according to plan? I bypass responsibility. Here's another, another sign that I'm settling for security. Life becomes burdensome. Anybody ever been there? Saul's armor is heavy on David. If, if life has become heavy for you, a lot of times you're just not resting in the person that you were put on the face of the planet to do it. You're trying to do your job like the last person did your job. You're, you're trying to be a parent like the magazines say that a parent should be. Huh? And if you don't meet the standard of what the magazine parents say you should be that you don't feel like a good a good a good parent who am I talking to this morning what what, what am I saying and so life begins to feel heavy this is why I believe most people here's here's the thing this is why most people actually throw the talent because because at this point you're not living life full of passion and a life without passion always leads to promiscuity of some sort when I don't have something that's driving me to get out of bed in the morning I do stupid stupid things but I can't, I can't have passion in my life if I can't be me. If I can't get up in the morning and be like, I'm here. And when I'm here, God can find me. If I can't get up and do that, there's going to be no passion in my life. So what's going to happen? At some point, some way, the armor is going to get a little bit too heavy and burdensome. And I'm just going to throw it all away. You ever seen that in our world? It's like, what happened to you? You were so good at what, it wasn't about being good. It wasn't about if you were a warrior or not. It was that you were wearing things that you weren't supposed to be wearing. Burdensome. When I settle for security, things become things become burdensome. The, the, the other thing that you begin to see in your life is that bystanders, people, everybody else thinks that you're happy, but you're really dying inside. <laughs> These are the time. Everybody, you're good, right? Yeah, oh yeah, I'm getting good. But on the inside, I'm really not good. But if I tell you that I'm not good, I might lose my job. If I tell you that I'm not good, I might lose my family. If I tell you that I'm not good, you might think less of me. Bystanders think that you're good, but you're really, you're really not good. 
You have to be willing in life to step out from the place of security to know, hey, listen to me. He put you on the face of the planet. You're not hiding. You're not forgotten. He doesn't he, he sees right where you're at. Authenticity creates opportunity. Who's in here striving to be a success? The quickest way to be a success is just to be you. If you could ever just be, what, you're not going to do it like them. I'm not going to do it like them. Why? Because I just, I got to be me. I got to be me. And if you're you, God will find you. Man, if you won't give into the system, if you won't give into the silly things, if you'll resist the fear because of security, if you are you, God will find you. So I guess the great question this morning is, well, then how do I be me? Isn't that the great challenge? I, we want to be ourselves. I'm preaching to myself this morning because I think we all cra- we crave. Man, if I could just be like literally... Like David, there was no shame in his game. I mean, we know about we we know about adultery. We know about it all. And David's just like, and at the end of all that, the Bible says that David is a man after God's own heart. What? Why? Because he's just I, I'm me. I'm me. Because here here's the thing: if you're ever gonna be yourself before people, you gotta first be willing to be yourself before God. What, 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 am I, what am I talking about? I'm not just talking about praying to him when you need something. I'm not just talking about, you know, the crutch of showing up because I need inspiration on a Sunday morning. I'm talking about, here I am! God, I messed up. I'm not a good parent. I have failures. I'm, I'm not good. I feel like you've forgotten me, but, but I'm me. And I'm here. And I want whatever reason you put me here for, let me hit my mark. Let me not stray. God, keep my foot from stumbling. I don't have it all together as a mom. I don't have it all together as a worker. I don't have it all together as a person in my community or even in my church. But I'm me. And God, would you see me? Here's the thing he already knows. He already sees. What if you could learn to, in the midst of even your bad decisions or your pain or whatever you're going I'm going through a divorce God I'm me here's one of the most annoying things that I think us preachers do we get up and we tell you what God delivered us from 10 years ago nobody wants to get up and talk about what they're going through today almost like we're all of a sudden these incredibly free people and don't have any issues no and we if we could ever just learn that man God using you has nothing to do with where you're at in your journey. It has everything to do with your authenticity. It is your authenticity that creates opportunity to say, you, here. To pick who? To pick a shepherd boy and say, you're going to be king. When? Today? No. Okay, well, I'm just going to go back to being me. And then he calls him out of being him and says, hey, I need you to go play music for the king because he's dealing with demonic spirits. And every time David would go and play his harp, the demonic spirits would leave. And then he'd go back to what? Just shepherd, just being, just being him. Sometimes in life we live in so much fear that if I don't dot every I and cross every T, I'll never be the person that I want to be. I'll never have the money that I want to have. I'll never have the success or the fame. Nobody will know my name. That's not why you're here. One one out of 400 trillion people and you think you're somehow an accident? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? For me to be me before people, I got to be me before God because what I find out when I'm me before God, God's able to tell me who I am and who I'm not. I say, God, I'm a victim. I, I, I'm, I'm broken. I, 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 I've been abused. God, I'm a victim. God said, No, you're not. What do you mean? No, I'm not. You've been victimized. You're not a victim. I've, I've made you to be more than the things that you've gone through. You're a victor. What? So this thing that I all of a sudden thought I was, I realized that I'm not anymore, so I don't have to live that when I go out in front of people like I used to and find my identity in the things that I've been through. When I show myself to God, He's able to show me, hey, no, no, you're not that. This, this is who. This is who you are. And what I find out when I get before God is this moment of, wow, to think that He knew you before He chose you. What am I saying? The things that you think disqualify you for the life of distinction that you desire to have. He knew that those things would happen and he still chose you. You don't know what I've been through. They met, when they did those things to me as a child, they messed up God's plan. No, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. No, no, he had he <laughs> one out of 400 trillion. Don't, don't sleep on that. He wants you here. 
when I get before God and I'm really real and I'm really vulnerable and I really open up my heart, it's like, wow, you, you want, you want me? You want me and my, my mediocre parenting skills? Yeah, I want you. I want you. You want me and my, and my dysfunction? If we could ever learn just to be like, I think we, we live guarded in our relationship with God. We're afraid to tell God how we really feel. David was never afraid to. Have you left me? Do you see me down here? What is this? It's, it's, it's not bad. It's this. I'm here. I am God. I don't want to miss my mark. I've been put on this earth for, for a purpose. And I'm not going to get caught up in the system. And I refuse to get caught up in the silly things that really want to. What is eating at you this morning? Why is it eating at you? I guarantee it has something to do with your lack of authenticity. It's a silly thing. It's a silly thing. It's a system-oriented thing. Or it's a security thing. Why? Because none of it, none of it matters as it pertains to why you're here. You have something that you are on this earth to do. Do it. How? How? I'm just going to be me. And if I'm in it for the goods and the girls, that's where I'm at. God... That's where I'm at. <laughs> but I'm me. And I think that if we could learn to let people be them instead of shaming them when they're, when they're honest, when they're open. Think of, I mean, this is why, there's, there's no more secrets in any place in the world than in these four walls of this church. Because we learn when we show our real self, people reject us. What if we could be, hey, you're, you're you, God can find you. If everybody knew everything about me, they would think the same thing. So you know what? I'm going to be me. And when I'm me, God can find me. You're not hiding. Sometimes the key to that door that you've been knocking on and it seems to not be unlocking is just being you. It's funny because a lot of times we get brought to the table because people like this and then we only stay at the table if, if, uh, if we do what, what they want us to do. We, you get into your passion because you liked it, then you only stay in, stay in it if they like you. That's not, that's not why you started your business. That's, that's not why you, 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 you came to the table, whatever it is that you're doing. No, be you. Because here's what you find out in life. Authenticity is not just, does not just create opportunity. It creates God opportunity. Meaning God needs your authenticity to accomplish the things that he wants to accomplish. That's why you're here. So your life's going to flourish. This is the whole thing about this distinction thing that we've been talking about, right? God wants your life to flourish, but it has an ultimate purpose. There's people that he's trying to reach. This is why David says, you come against me with the sword, with the javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. On top of this force, like David, you're not coming against him with the name of the Lord. You're coming against him with the rod and slingshot. But what David sees is it's a slingshot. What is that? Authenticity. He sees that I come against you with the word, of the word of the Lord, meaning what? My authenticity is actually God's opportunity. To me, it's, it's just a slingshot authenticity, but to God, it's, it's God's word in my hand. What is the authentic piece in you that God wants to use? Here's what I'm saying. You can't compare it to anything else because nobody has ever seen it before. There are elements of it. You may look at learn from somebody else's personality type because you're... 90% alike, but, but at the end of the day, nobody has ever seen you before. So, so why are you trying to build business exactly like they're building business? Why are you trying to be a husband exactly like that person was? No, no, no. They've never seen you before. People, they've, ne they've interacted with people. They've never interacted with you before. This is why you got to square your shoulders and realize who you are. You're not an, you are put on the face of the earth by God Almighty himself. Because I think the life that we're looking for is just on the other side of us learning to say, hey, I know you put me here, so I'm going to trust you with what you got from me. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to be me. And it's going to be good, and some days it's going to be bad. Some days I'm going to have it together, and there's some days I'm going to be me. And I believe when I'm me, that God can find me. You know the Abraham? He's a moon worshiper. Trip out on that. Like, God, you, wait, so he wasn't a, a Christian, sir? A moon worshiper? No. I think that God is less fascinated with all of the intricacies 
like we are, you know. I think that he's just, hey, if you just be you, I can find, I can find you. You may be dysfunctional. We we'll fix it. We'll fix it. We can work it out. We'll, we'll work it out. I won't leave you the same. I'm not going to leave you a moon worshiper, but we can start there. Well, who are you? We can start there. We can start there. So, so for some of you today, here's what I want. Let's stand to our feet all across this room. Those of you watching on YouTube, I want you to lock in with me because I believe we're going to have a God moment in this place. I, I don't know where you're at in your journey, but I, some of you just need to hear God saying to you, we can start there. Person in here that's just questioning, I don't even know if I believe this God stuff. Okay, we'll start there. We'll start there. I'm not even a, I'm not even a Christian. Let's start there. Okay? Well, I've been doing, this is, this is a little bit far out for me. I don't even know. Let's, okay, let's start where you're at. If we could just be us before God, Tell them what you're feeling. Tell them what you're going through. Open up the well of your heart. Some of you this morning, I think you just need a good cry. Tears are a gift from God that purge your soul. Some of you need that reset this morning. Some of you need that reset this morning. To not be swallowed up in the silly things. You close your eyes with me all across this room. Just, just, just you and God. And for some of you this morning, you just need to trip out on the fact that you're here. Yeah, but I but I used to be a heroin addict. Yeah, but I've been in, yeah, but you don't know the people that you're you're here though. One out of four hundred trillion, and you are still here. He's not done. He's not done. He can he can turn it all around. He can turn it all around. He can turn it all around. Some of you just need to think about Maddie. Would you sing to the chorus of this song? I want you to hear 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 God just singing in this place. How deep is the love and how Open, internally let go. Like, go there for a second. I know it's just a Sunday morning service and you may not feel like you're really in the mood, but I dare you just to go there real quick. I just crack open your heart before God. God, I want to be more vulnerable before you. He doesn't want David to be perfect, but he does want David to show up. Can you show up? Can you show up? Can you show up? I know, I know it doesn't seem extravagant. Can you show up? Here I am. God, I'm me. If you're comfortable with it, I want you to take your hands and just change your posture and just stretch them up to heaven. It's just a sign of surrender, not religious ritual. Just saying, okay, I'm, 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 I'm looking for something more than what I'm experiencing. Come on, just between you and God. external armor and labels. There's things that you have been through. For some of you, it's been emotional abuse. For some of you, it's been betrayal that has hurt really, really bad. Business deals that have marked the way that you have done business since the day that it happened. 
And those things are actually hindrances to your authenticity. You think that it keeps you safe from it happening again, but it's actually prohibiting you from becoming the person that God fully has put you on the face of the planet to be. So today I want us to do something. I don't know what you're holding, but I want you to imagine as if you're holding it in your hands. Right now where you're at, with your every, every head bowed, eye closed, just right in front of your body, just hold it in your hands, like out in front of you, like hold your hands, just palms facing up. And, and I don't know what, what your thing is, what your system is, what your silly thing is, what your place of security is, what your emotional wound is. The thing that you say, yeah, but I haven't told you about what happened to me, huh? That thing. That thing. It was never ma- meant to become your identity. And you may look, I didn't have a mom, a mom or a dad. Well, then, then you didn't need one for the things that God needs you to accomplish. You're not missing anything. You're not damaged goods. You're not like, for, it's not like, oops, sorry, messed up on that one. No, 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 no. You're a piece of the puzzle. You're a piece of the puzzle. So today we're going to let go of some things as a church and we're not going back. We're not going back. I'm here to tell you today that you don't have to carry that trauma that you experienced as a kid that is so alive to you today. I'm here to tell you that the counseling is good. You need to go to it, but it can't fix, it can't, God and God alone, he can just, he can get in there. And this moment, and I'm here to tell you, I believe that the power of that thing, that chain can be broken in your life today. That you would be freed to do what? To be you. So today in this place, right where we're at, I want you to hold it just before you and, and say goodbye because we're not picking this up again. So those of you who have grown accustomed to it and it's going to be dangerous because this has been your identity, say goodbye because we're not going back again. The Bible says to cast our cares upon God because He cares. I'm telling you, this is a life-changing moment for you. You will have what your faith expects. God, today as a church, we're letting go of some things. We've been carrying burdens that do not belong to us. God, and they've been prohibiting us from being the people that we have been created to be. So today we draw a line in the sand and we say no more. So we take these things figuratively in our hands and we're about to surrender them to you. And when they go up to you, we're never picking them up again. We're never picking up our identity issues again. We're never picking up our abuses again. We're never picking up our emotional wounds again. We're never picking up the betrayals again. We're never picking up the backstabbing again. We're never picking it up again. God, this morning, in this moment, As you're ready, I want you to take your hands from this posture of holding whatever it is you're holding. And I want you to stretch those hands straight up in the air. And when you do, you drop whatever it is that you're holding. Well, right now, between you and God, between you and God. How deep is the love and how high is the one who forgives? We say goodbye. Tell it goodbye. Out of your mouth, just goodbye. Goodbye, abuse. Goodbye, lack. How great Goodbye, is lack. Grace Goodbye, lack. Goodbye, lack. Who am I talking to? Goodbye, lack. It's not yours. That lack is not yours. It's not yours. It's not yours. That abuse, those pain, those, it's not, they're not yours. Goodbye. Goodbye. That in this place today, you feel God ministering to your heart. How great is your grace, and how never forget I told our students at camp this remember what this feels like. In this place, there is no fear. In this place, you are not anxious about what's happening on later today. In this place, it is just you. It's you before God. And you can have this moment in your car. You can have this moment with the lights out in your bedroom. You don't got to be in church on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. He's here. He's with you. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. Everywhere you go, he goes. How great is remind ourselves.
against you anymore. I don't know where you're at today. The Bible says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Do you need salvation in your life today? Do you need saving in your soul this morning? Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, he says, you'll, you'll be saved. What does that mean? Whatever, I, whatever I've been through, he, I forgive you. And I, I'll, I'll do you one better. I'll just forget it like it never happened. Man, if you want to put your faith in God, I'm going to give you an opportunity Right now in this place, I'm going to ask that everybody would pray this prayer out loud with family so nobody prays alone. I encourage you today, those of you who have been Christians for a long time, sometimes in moments like this, I just mean a little extra again. Remind myself who my Savior is. My Savior is not my boss or my employer or the system or the world. My Savior is Jesus. He's, he's, this, you got to hear this today. This, Jesus is what empowers me to be authentic. If it were not for the cross, I couldn't even be me. You realize that? God couldn't even look upon me in the good, the bad, the bad part, the humanness. He couldn't. If it wasn't for Jesus. Are you thankful for Jesus in this place today? So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And when we say amen together, I want us just to lift the roof off this place, celebrate with those that pray this prayer because it changes everything. Out of your mouth, let's say this. Say, Jesus, today, I believe in my heart. I say out of my mouth, you're the son of God. I believe you live for me. I believe you died for me. I believe you came back from the dead for me. So I call you my savior. And I make you my Lord. Say, Jesus, help me to be me. Help me to be the person you made me to be. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, come on, let's give it up for all those that prayed that prayer today. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to salvationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 